Hi, I'm Ryan O'Hara, CEO and founder of Pitchfire. You're listening to Take Me Off Your List, presented by Pitchfire. They pay us the big bucks, and if you use them, they'll pay you the big bucks to get paid to get pitched. Take Me Off Your List is the rally cry of millions of B2B professionals out there. This podcast tackles all kinds of things around go-to-market. So whether you're in marketing, demand gen, sales, or just like the sound of my voice, you've come to the right place. Let's get started, shall we? Hello, everyone. Welcome to our second episode. This is actually our first episode where I knew I was going to do a podcast, so it's a little weird, but I symbolically wanted to have this person on as our guest because they were my first guest, I don't know, like seven years ago on the Prospecting Podcast at Lead IQ. Uh, everyone say hi to Braden Young, head of growth and co-founder of Sendoso. What's up, Braden? I think I think it was a good I think it was seven and a half or eight years ago. I'm pretty sure like we had just changed our name from like copy sender to Sendoso. And it was like, yeah, hey, let's and like I think you might have been like my first podcast also, because it was very new. Yeah, and, like, I think we did I remember so here's my backstory with you. You and I actually bumped into each other at Salesforce. Salesforce's conference Streamforce. I yeah, think uh, we and we did, but then there was like we got connected through a common buddy. Uh, oh, cool. I got a Bre- I, I really? guy named Brett Bazzini. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, so like, I was like, yeah, hey, this Brett. guy's sending coffee for prospects. We're telling people to be prospect, like be thoughtful with their prospecting. We should get married. And then you're like, Hey, look, I'm not into you like that. Let's just focus on business. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And, just, and then you got a restraining deals. order and here we are. Yeah. That's why you're on the East coast. And I'm on the West coast. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I can't go. I'm not even allowed the state of, uh, where, where are you now? You're in Denver California. Or, or you're in California. I thought you were yeah. in Denver for some reason. No, um, I must've made that up, but I just, I just stayed in California. I enjoyed the high taxes out here. So as, as I mentioned in our intro, that was obviously edited in, uh, our new podcast is called take me off your list. And the whole idea behind it is we're going to talk about go to market stories. We're going to share best practices. We're going to talk about how different companies grew I want to do all kinds of fun stuff in marketing. I'm fascinated by it. And Braden's the man. Like he's got a lot of cool stories and things that he's been through. Obviously, I can see patches of gray in your beard from the weathered storm of being in, in down in, here in this I market. Don't know when a that started. Bit. Um, let's start for people that aren't familiar that are listening. Do you want to tell people a little bit about what, what Sendoso does? Yeah. So we're a gifting platform. So basically the idea behind us is like, you can use us to send things to prospects, to customers, to employees, think things like branded t-shirts or hats or hoodies. Also think e-gifts, think things from Amazon. Also you can do cookies and flowers, you name it. We take all that and all the things you're sending and we push it into your CRM to be like, Hey, like gifting, direct mail, sending things out is a really good strategy to help build the relationship and converts at a higher level of using it via sales. So that was sort of the thesis of uh, when we began the company and still today, it's like, you know, how can you send stuff out to help build that relationship? Yeah. And you know, what's cool is it, it kind of has similar themes to like what we're trying to do at Pitchfire because we're trying to make it so that like you can get paid to respond to prospects. Like we're kind of, they're different areas, but like it, they're, they're different ways of tackling it. I think the thing that was really fascinating for me is you talked about offline the power of like you give something to someone that's already in your pipeline too and it can strengthen that relationship a lot right yeah i mean i think that like the power of like reciprocity was like an early like value of ours of like how we can actually like how you can send something maybe not a value but how you can send something and that person feels that like you know like I need to get back to this person or like, I think top of funnel is a lot different than like when you're going through like a sales process or especially if they're already a customer and you sort of build that relationship. I think like all of it changes as to like, you know, how personalized you need to get, but 
when you do that, it just changes the buying like like process. It changes the renewal process from, hey, just sign this contract to actually building a relationship with somebody. Just makes it harder to leave, makes it you know that you want to grow. It makes it makes business more personal, which is just more fun for everybody. Cause especially because most of us run Zoom calls all day and we don't ever get to meet face to face. So yeah. I think it's uh it's it's a good thing to like put into your mix of you know day-to-day operations. So let's go into it a little bit. How the hell did what's the story of Sendoso? So uh, real quick for people that don't know, how you guys are really big. I feel like you quietly like blew up into like an amazing company that people don't realize how big you guys are. Like you have a ton of employees. You've got, I don't know, probably tens of thousands of customers. Now you're kind of like, you guys have become the brand for gifting. I feel like, um, talk about that a little Thank bit. Like you. how big are you guys? Nice. It's a great podcast. It's like ego stroke, man. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, oh, exactly. I didn't, I didn't expect yeah. that. Keep going. Uh, so we started in like 2016 as copy center. It was like sending out e-gifts for Starbucks was like the idea. We built it for beer money. It was like, Hey, like, you know, how can I get people to send out, you know, coffee gift cards? And then it was cool. Like we launched it on like day one. Like I didn't know how to code. Chris, my co-founder didn't know how to code. So we found a bunch of guys in Pakistan to help us build it. And then we pushed it out and like, we weren't full time. It was like a side project and like the first month it made a ton of money like 60 grand and we're like we're gonna be rich this is the best <laughs> thing ever and then like put the margins on it we're like one percent because you're buying gift cards and selling it for the same price so it didn't make any sense so we we're like we got to figure out like what else we can send beyond just coffee gift cards from starbucks and starbucks was not super excited because they were like hey why is our logo all over your website and like we don't know who you guys are so like and so we ended up like ha- solving the Starbucks problem, flying up to Seattle, pitching those guys, being like, hey, here's what we're doing. They're like, cool, like you can keep going. So it came back home and then we're like, we got to add more stuff to the platform other than just coffee. So we decided to send, oh, so much more than just coffee. Sendoso is the name. It's not the true story, but I kind of like, I, I invented that like a year You're going to tell the true story here on the podcast. <laughs> I have journalistic <laughs> like, integrity, Devin. That's uh, true. Sorry. So like the, the true story was we wanted the name Sender. Sender was like a bunch of money to buy. So we were like, and like GoDaddy <laughs> Go was like, what about these suggested ones in Sendoso? We're like, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, let's go for it. So like Sendoso <laughs> ended up being the name. And we added more than just coffee. First one was like Dunkin' Donuts. We added, then we added like DoorDash was like coming up and like their up and comer Uber Eats. We added as well. And then we figured out physical stuff and started adding, like we got a warehouse in Las Vegas and started absorbing stuff from customers like pretty quickly. I said like, Hey, like, you know, do you send out hats, hoodies, et cetera, like your swag closet, send it to us. And then we added Amazon integration, et cetera. The nice thing about us is we have product market fit really early. So people were like, I have a lot of stuff that I send out or I want to be unique. Account-based marketing was like the big thing. And like we partnered with all of those companies that were doing ABM. And we're like, we're the gifting platform that'll help you become like a stickier platform. And so we pushed that out pretty aggressively in the market and it's like absorbed customers really fast from like 2017 to 2019. Can and we then go into that a little bit, if that's okay. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't want to lose steam, but no, like, let's I do want, it. The people listening to this, I want them to be like, Oh crap, we should do that. Or we should think about that. So yeah. ABM was all the rage with the kids. You know, what stinks is I'm old enough now where if I say the kids, like it's not a joke. <laughs> No, it is. Like, dude. I mean, like, like, yeah, like, like, yeah, like, like, hey, I'll get this coffee, as the kids say, and I realize, oh, I'm actually old enough now. Where like, I'm not making the joke about being a kid and saying it because that used to be funny when you're a kid. Like, you're not um, ID anymore when you go and buy a beer in the store anymore. So, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> so go back, go back to 2017 through 2019. You're you're doing stuff with ABM platform. What are you doing to? Yeah. Like, how do you so, do that? How'd you get those? 
so partnerships was like, that was like an early kind of move for us. Like that was my background before even Sedosa was sales and partnerships. And, uh, I knew that like, it's, you're much better off being like with a bunch of partners and trying to sell deals rather than by yourself. And so like we are like our first partner was Engageo that got bought by demand base. Yep. And like what we ended up doing is we just lived in their office. So like John Miller and those guys like allowed us to like hang out there and like Ray with their like, Hey, come on in. And like, we basically, they would sell a deal. And we'd happen to be there and we're like, Hey, like, do you think that they also want to give stuff out? So we basically would be behind AEs trying to incentivize them to like make intros for us, like in person. And like that worked really well because like, I think that like they just knew if we, they're gifting in that strategy and they engage your product and like they would, they made their product stickier. So they would, they wouldn't churn in a year. So that was probably like our first good dozen customers was like intros from this being in their office. And like, we basically tried to multiply that where we spent time in like the you know demand-based office, spent time in the Marketo office, spent time. So like one of our first hires was like someone to help us on like lead gen and partnerships. So it was like, get, make sure AEs at these companies know who we are and like, let's send them gifts. Let's get them incorporated in our system. Let's give them free accounts. And I think partnerships, especially for early companies is so powerful because just makes it easier to sell deals when you're not like the unknown brand. Like if you get introduced from somebody they're already using, it makes it a lot easier to have a conversation. How do you get a partnership to be persistent? So like, I think one of the issues is a lot of people be like, Oh, I'm going to go do channel. That's how I'm going to grow. And then you go get a person that's a channel uh, partner. They sign an agreement and then they don't do anything. Like what did you guys do besides live in their office and harass them? physically? I don't, we're just joking, but like no, I know you mean. physically in their office, like what, how did you get it? to like, they would yeah. be like, oh, let me push Sendoso here. I think 95% of partnerships is like you both sign like this referral agreement where you're both going to pay each other a fee of a SaaS fee and then like you never talk again. Or maybe you talk like once a month and you have all these cool ideas. So I think there's a couple things you need to do. I think that it doesn't take more than one person at that company, one AE, one CSM to be a true believer in like what you're doing or like to have one cool success story. So I think like it takes a little bit to get to that success story. So once you're there and like, let's say an AE closes a deal, they loop you in and like the deal gets bigger or the deal closed faster or CSM loops you in and they, they, you know, they just said they want to stick with that company and renew. So that case study, that one case, you need to promote heavily internally at the company. And then like everyone needs to know about it and why it was, and like why it was a success. I think secondly is you need to make sure that like all those reps know who you are and like you're actually helpful. So like, as we've been on this call, I've gotten two pings from partners saying, Hey, I'm trying to like close ABC company. Can you walk me through how you guys sold it? Cause yeah. I know that they're a customer of yours. And like, if I don't get back to that stuff, like that is where the relationship starts, starts to basically deteriorate because they're like, uh, so this doesn't help me. So I think it's a two way street one. I think secondly, you need to make sure that like that one case study you promote heavily. And then four, you gotta know how you plug in. Like you have to know their systems like backwards and forwards and where you plug in. And if they bring you to a phone call, like you gotta just, you gotta prep like, you know, a ton to make sure like your first call like is awesome. Is the best way to basically, yeah, it's, it, 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 it takes time. Yeah. Well, what's cool is um, I think the use case for Sendoso a lot of the time is like a marketer or a sales team reaching out to someone that they want to be a buyer, right? Like that's usually the workflow that they're trying to think through. Um, Did you guys like heavily integrate with Engageo or did you just like... We did. Yeah. Was it like hand hand delivered? Like you, you could literally have something in Engageo that would just send someone a gift automatically? Yeah. Like early, like we were heavily in partnerships early. So Engagia was one, I think around the same time, like sales loft was like growing. So we did sales loft, we did outreach, we did Marketo, we did Eloqua. 
And like, it's funny, like, as you mentioned all those, like the ones on the tail end, Marquette and Alco, like they were enterprise, they didn't care about us, but we plugged in there. And so like we were in like their app exchange, but it wasn't like they were sending us deals. It more was to help us just close deals. And then if you found an AE that could you know, give you the time of day, you could maybe send gifts to them. But like the sales lofts and outreaches of the world, like we were, I think the first or second folks to plug in there because yeah. it just made sense. If you're doing like an email cadence or sequence to somebody, like one of those steps should be a gift. And like that was a you know nice way to plug in there. And then we started promoting use cases and that we started like shopping those internally at those companies and externally. So, so you could get these partners from 2017 to 2019. What yeah. does your go-to-market team do while the partnerships are happening? So you're getting these partnerships, it's like demos. what else are they doing? Yeah, it's a lot of demos. It's like, hey, like, you know, ABC company or outreach brought us, you know, ABC company, like that goes to the go-to-market team to basically go and, sell to do a demo marketing team is doing air cover like they're they're pushing those case studies they're pushing those use cases they're also like pushing your brand out on linkedin and things like that and like getting like the thought awareness out there is like why being personalized is important uh, then events became a massive strategy for us like hey how can we spend time at events gifting stuff out how can we change the way folks do swag at events so that was like 2016 to 2019 like, one of the like, sneaky like parts about events for you guys too is all the people you want to sell to are like at those events. <laughs> like the that was the, the best sponsors. thing ever. Yeah, we basically like during like the breaks of the events, like that was our busy time. We would go around to each booth and figure out like, hey, like how are you going to get this stuff back to your uh, office? Everyone's like, I don't know, I'm going to throw it away. We're like, that seems unsustainable. Like, is there, what if there was a way? And so that was like that was the product market fit thing that was really important. Yeah. Like early days for sure. Yeah, that's great. Um, so you'd get these people marketing. I mean, I we did stuff with you guys at Lead IQ Lake all the time. I think we probably did something with you at least two or three times a year. Um, yeah. What when marketing was doing stuff? One of the important things I think you guys are really good at that a lot of these other companies try to be but aren't isn't just making content about your company and your product. Like well, that's the you, best part about it. Yeah, like you guys would do all kinds of cool stuff on best practices, on ideas. You'd inspire action. And like you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I want to figure out like what I should be doing for marketing. Cross-pollination is huge. You cross-pollinate with Engageo to get your, your base and your seed going. But like you guys made content that wasn't just about your product. I, yeah. And like, I think that like, I mean, that's like the, like the, be like the thought leader in your space is really important. And like, it just happens to be brought to you by your company or by Sedoso. Like, hey, like, why sending a gift is you know important to prospecting or to you know a, before a renewal, and like we came up with a lot of that stuff and we push it heavily online, and like a lot of it was out there it just needed to be consolidated into like one spot where folks can find the answers there. I think also I started doing a lot of like speaking stuff and sort of Chris would be like, hey, like, like if you want, you can go to Starbucks.com, buy an e-gift, and like you know for ten bucks and throw it into your email. And like see what that and see what that you know event is like. Or I'd also push like try doing a handwritten note to that deal you just lost and being like, hey, like, you know, I'm sorry you didn't go with us. You know, like hope to connect, you know, a year from now. But send it like a two weeks in to like after you lost the deal when they're going through onboarding and it's painful and see if you can win some deals back that way. And so like that was the sort of stuff we started like promoting, like, hey, could you try these things to try to be like, you know, now let's try to scale, which is like when you become to Sendoso. So 2017 20 to 2019, you're doing these integrations. You're chipping away at stuff. How did you guys keep the lights on? Were you making enough money or did you have to get some funding? We raised money. Yeah, we raised money in 2017 every year, actually. 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. Like we, like, <laughs> we, didn't, we, were not, we didn't realize how expensive like warehousing would be. 
Yeah. And that was something like that was the, the naive part of like, they were like, oh, like we'll just like in hindsight, we could have used a 3PL and like made it easier, which is like a third party for warehousing. But we decided we wanted to own the warehousing. Like yeah. that was, uh, and we had a like the system that runs our warehouse is a Sendoso system that no one sees, but it's basically like a mini Amazon. So when you place an order, like that order might go to one of five warehouses and then like the items have to be on the shelf there. You have to grab those. So like that took a while to build that software, which is like an order management system, a Sendoso warehouse system. So like that's basically you're building your own WMS. So that was a, we needed money for that, like, a lot of money, which is why we raise every year. I think our last year was 2021. You know, when so Sendoso physically actually owns the property in the warehouse too? Like the the stuff's on the shelf? Yeah, yeah. No. Come, come, like, so uh, our customer would own that. But like okay. we need to know where it is, basically. Like So every item has like a skew. Yeah. And like it's it's sitting somewhere. And like we need like when someone wants to do a send, we need to know if that item exists or not. All right. Fun question. Here we go. This is where it gets good. Pricing is always a huge thing. The typical thing that you usually hear about is like the HubSpot model of like SaaS plus PLG. usage. Yeah, SaaS yeah. plus usage or something. Um, how do you guys, how'd you guys figure out pricing? We originally, our original cost was 200 bucks a month, uh, basically paid up front to 2400 a year for the SaaS. And then that was all we pushed. And that was, and like the reason I came up with 200 bucks is because I sold that at a previous company and 200 sounded good to me. There was, <laughs> there was, there was no logic around that at all. It was just yeah. like, let's see if anyone, and then someone was like, yeah, it sounds good. And then we were selling deals really fast. And then we were like, we need to like figure out if we can raise pricing here and see if folks will pay for it. And so like we started raising pricing slowly on renewals and on like, and like new customers. But I think that my opinions changed. If I was doing it today, I would do it totally differently. I love the model of like, this is also HubSpot idea of like the PLG play. Like you go in the system, you can see what's available to you. And then like everything's gated that you you have to pay for. Like I like like the model of like having hubs that you purchase of like, Hey, like, you're yeah. in the system. You can send e-gifts for free, which is what we have now on Sendoso Express. But if you want to do physical stuff, like there's a cost for that. Oh, you want integration? There's a cost for that. Oh, you want a big enterprise play? Because I think enterprise still exists. Cool, you can talk to a rep. So I think like I think that strategy for today works well. I don't think the same thing would work today, like the just the random price that we came up with. I think a lot of people don't talk about this, but um, I have a confession. I once ate the paper on a Sendoso cookie. Did you? Yeah. Wait, what, what paper? Someone had a cookie that they used. From, it was at a Sendoso booth and they had paper yes. over it. And I ate the paper thinking it was part of the frosting. Yeah, like, like, like sugar paper. I, I, I ended up being okay. You could have, you could have sued, man. I, but I, I just wanted to tell people that because I was thinking about some of the, like, see you guys at events and some of the stuff that you would do. Um, did you have a breaking point where you're like, holy crap, we got it? Like, we got it figured out. What was the moment when you're like, I got this figured out? I know the coffee sender. You're booked yeah, $6,000 in gift cards, but like when were you like, this business is going to work? So I, I don't think that like the, as like a co-founder, you, you always have kind of the thought in the back of your mind around like, I can't believe people are paying for this, which is because, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like an idea that you came up with, which you're like, oh man, this is awesome. So you always have that thought. Even today you have that thought, but like the period that I was like, this is actually going to work. Like early days you have early ones, like the coffee center thing. But in 2020, when COVID hit, that was like, so like 2020, 2021, like was our busiest time by far. And like, we didn't expect that. No, I expected COVID of course, but like 
we the first month March happened and like we were building a, a system feature where like when I if I would send you a gift I'm like hey like where are you like give us your address and we were building it because like we couldn't figure out how to send gifts to like C level executives so COVID hit the first day everyone went home and locked down we pushed that feature it was like, like wait so, were you already working on it like before we were already working it? on it yeah already working on it it was nice. already a thing everyone was like holy crap how did you come out with that so fast we're like i know like we just like but it was like basically <laughs> right time and like that feature like took off aggressively where folks are like hey like i don't know where folks live i don't have home addresses and so like that basically spikes sending really aggressively and like that was kind of like my big like oh man like this is like with everyone being i don't think anyone knew like how long it'd be at home but like that like spike sending so fast that i think yeah. that was like a big moment where i was like and then e-gifts became massive throughout covid and like that yeah. was like one of those things where it just was like all right like this is a system that's going to stay around for a while so you you got this company going with traction you guys are doing all this stuff um you may, mainly it sounds like channel was like the best way to grow for you early like, days yeah channel yeah, obviously people want to do more than one thing and you have to do like table stakes like normal stuff like normal marketing normal sales normal content all that stuff and then you do something on top of that um, what are some things that didn't work? <laughs> so like, there's probably I, some crazy stories there, right? Of things you've tried that just oh, like, yeah. completely missed. Well, I think that like all of us live in a bubble within tech. And I imagine most folks like watching this are in tech too. And so like you begin to talk about things that are like very, like someone in tech would understand it. And so yeah. we tried to take that exact same story and apply it to like non-tech companies. Like, or like, oh, like what if we could sell banks? And what if we could sell, you know, insurance companies? And what if we could sell manufacturing? And that fell on its face real fast. Cause like we were like, and like we had the same pitch for a marketer, a salesperson. And like we found that there's this whole world of direct mail. We had we'd use that same pitch for sales. Like, don't you want to track your ROI? And like they'd be like, what are you talking about? I send out freaking postcards. And so like that way, so like that pitch like fell on its face when we tried those industries the first time. And so it was like it was not successful at all. And we were like, okay. And then we tried to go to Europe way too soon we were like hey like let's uh just open a warehouse there and like we'll just figure it out shouldn't have done that and so like that was a failure as well so like doing warehouse and uh doing warehouses in other countries are like things you got to figure out and gdpr just came out so we we're trying to figure that out and so like that was a failure as well so like, i think that was probably the biggest one where we had to basically look internally and be like all right like what's our icp for other companies, what's our yeah. ICP? I, I'm not selling just tech. I don't want just the house of cards of tech. I want to go sell manufacturing. I want to go sell insurance. How am I going to talk to those folks differently than I talk to somebody who's like a, like a tech company? And like, we didn't spend time doing that at all. And then I hate process. And so we were bringing on companies so fast with no like deal desk, no contract type terms. It was like, let's just bring the cash on. And we had to build a process there. And we probably waited a little too long to do that because we had like companies sending random stuff out like we had this one company that was like oh i want to send barbecues we're like sure barbecues why not and like that stuff we needed to figure out quickly and like that caused warehouse problems that we had to figure out and address too so like there's a lot of stories along the way as to typically relating to pricing typically into like warehouse stuff because most companies don't have a warehouse to worry about so i remember one thing that always kind of fascinated me when we were at lead iq we talked about this on a panel once you mentioned that like one of the things you guys did that was really smart too, is like you'd go after where budget was. Cause like you, when you're picking an audience, you don't want to like, like I remember and maybe I, I, hopefully you've said this publicly. So I'm not like cheating and giving information out. Um, I remember you mentioned that like 
Sendoso's best shift was like focusing focusing on marketing and demand gen because there's more budget there than there might be on like a sales development team who uses the product regularly too. Yeah. Um, did you just find that out from trial and error? Like, did that become a focus or do you guys still sell to a whole committee? Uh, I mean, like now currently it's probably like more committee, but like back in like 2020, 2021, like we, demand gen was like, Hey, we need to keep building pipeline. And they sort of had like a blank check to go and figure it out. And yeah. so like we, we figured that out in terms of like who was signing our contracts and like who was like joining our QBRs. And like, you just, that's just stuff to like take note to. And there's always a difference, which I think most folks don't know, or I hope they know is like whoever's signing your contract is simply not your user. But like, so like know who that person is. And then like whoever your, you know, your big power users are, are people that typically have a lot of influence. Like that's a separation. And like, we found like a lot of folks are making the air of like sending a super nice thank you gift to like the person that signed the contract, but not your power users, the ones who are influencing it. And so like you, you would churn in a year because everyone's like, I don't even, I don't even talk to my Sendoso rep. Like I don't, but the meanwhile, the person's trying to go above the line and connect to that CFO that signed the contract. And like we quickly learned that like Demandgen had a ton of power to test stuff. And like we needed to stay really close to those people and build a community around them. And then also like keep, you know, arm's distance to the folks that are signing the contracts. So in this case for Sendoso, when you guys get into an account, are you usually getting in from the bottom? Or are you getting in from someone like what? what like what's nowadays? Yeah. Nowadays, yeah, because of like PLG and so you are ex- express. So you you might have some users using it, but then like you always at some point will talk to like a head of demand gen VP of marketing. But like now it's like you're you're at some point you're going to have to prove ROI to like that that CFO. And so like I think like that's new as of the last you know two years, right? Where like it used to be like marketing at a budget. Now it's like you need to prove why they need this cash and you need to help them internally navigate their own systems and like how they can talk to like their finance team as to why they need a software like Sendoso. There was, we figured out early as a quick side note, we figured out early that most companies did holiday gifts. So they'd be like, Hey, like, like, what do you spend on a holiday gift? And they're like, Oh, we, you know, send popcorn. We spend $30,000 a year. It's like, cool. What did that do for you last year for ROI? And like, they can never answer that question. And so that was like our power move. They'd be like, that's a really good point. They'd be like, so like whatever that power question is, that makes them think like, oh, I don't (laughs) know how we did that. Or like, yeah, like, why are you sending gifts and not tracking the, like who you sent them to? Or like, you know, what they did after you sent that? Like, did they send you a thank you? Like that's stuff you should track. It's kind of, it's kind of a little bit like a micro challenger, like sale a little bit. Like like, it's very much a challenger sale. I'm going to make you think of a problem you're not thinking about. And be like, oh wow, and it is a problem. Like, it's real, but you don't yeah. actually think about it. Um, that was that was that's what I was trained in. First starting challenger sale was like the book you read when you first started sales in like 2010. That was the book. <laughs> now they're now they're doing challenger customer, so they teach you how to do marketing as a challenger. I think I think the stuff on it, some of the themes that they do on there is really cool. Like some of the stuff is cool. It's fun to make a deck that way. Like I think to like present like this is what's happening. The whole world's collapsing. This is what we're doing to try and save it, and yeah. you're part of that story. If you do this, or you can, you can go outside and fall apart. Like, all like these what if companies. you don't do it? Like, it's an yeah. interesting. I think it's always interesting to think about. I mean, like Bant's another type of sales, right? That like I think is always interesting to work there. I think it's it doesn't work as well today because I think it's a lot more committees that are buying you rather than just one person. Yeah. Um, all right. So we tackled that um, when when you guys were early. Were you going after? I know you're saying you're doing product led growth a little bit more now, but like. What about 2017, 2018? Like, no, we didn't have any of it. Yeah, who was who was coming in? Like, who were you guys trying to like? Were you just doing outbound prospecting to get people when Engageo wasn't sending you customers and stuff? Oh, 
Yeah, we had a we had a we built an engine that was like just as a, so this doesn't exist anymore. But 2017 was possible. Today, probably not. So we had a robot that would crawl titles on LinkedIn, pull email addresses. We'd push that to a team in India who would confirm the email addresses. Then we would drop into a thing called a Yam, like yet another mail merge. I would oh, send I know out that emails. Yeah, to folks. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like and so like that was like what we did to basically like Yam was awesome because you could basically find like you know people who it, it, it would just email. And like the yeah, day you put it, like you a sequence of sheet, and then it sends it for people that don't know it's a plugin you put on Google Sheets that like yeah. will fire off email and track if they open it. And I think it's four dollars a year. It's something ridiculously yeah, it's, cheap. It's it's, yeah. it's something that we we did it for. I, I will people know I'm obviously we're both very pro personalization in our way you should do sales and stuff today. But, but like yeah, you go back five or six years ago, um, you could get away with some weird stuff like that. The other thing is it helps with testing positioning. Like you figure yep. out like if I can get something in front of a thousand people and know that something sticks, I'll then go do that when I do my personalization on stuff too. Um, there's a, there's a lot of tricks that like, I think worked back then that like, maybe you could test out today. Like we used to like do the email where like you had like the, the email from Chris, my CEO being like, Hey, can you reach out to this company? That they're a yeah, great fit. Yeah. And then you would forward that to somebody as yeah, like, yeah. Hey, like reaching out. <laughs> I don't think that works well anymore at all. Yeah. There was like the, like link, like, I don't know how many LinkedIn, like cold emails you, like you get now, but like I get a ton. Like I think that LinkedIn was easier. Uh, and then we started using like advisors. So like, Hey, like are there advisors that like at these companies that we can reach out to and ask for advice on like how we're building the company? Like that was a successful use case for us too. So you had this SDR engine, you'd send some stuff out. Um, and that would get some meetings for you. It was probably like the whole idea here that you're hearing is like, it's a symphony of, of channels. You're not just doing one thing. Oh, like yeah. you have like the violin section might be your, your, you working with Engageo and other ABM platforms and partnerships. The other one might be like outbound prospecting is a piece of the funnel. And then you have your normal marketing stuff. Um, yeah, like that's how it works. Right. It's kind of the other cool part is you guys probably dog footed your own product too. Right. Yeah. I mean, like also like your first like 10, 20 customers, like should be like customer advisors for you. Cause I mean, yeah. like they're taking, they're taking a risk on you as a company. I think like those are people that you should like constantly ask questions to as to what they're looking for, like what you don't have, like, and like be okay with feedback, like be okay with harsh feedback too. Cause I think that like, it's a lot of like, Hey, like this is the problem with your system. You get a lot of it. And I think that we gave our like early customers, like some equity in the company too, to help us and to make interest for us. And to make, yeah. like, we put, like, like we had like a referral agreement early. So I think like that helps, like that helped a lot. Uh, all right. One last question on this and then we can wrap up. Um, how did you take people that would come in individually and turn into teams? Like, how would you do that? What, what was the navigation like that for? Like, what'd you do? Typically, if you came by yourself and like you wanted to use the system, we we never wanted to say no. So we would like figure out some like some sort of small account for you to send. We always ask that question around like, hey, like, you know, what do you like, like know your power question. Like our, our question was like the holiday gifting one. And like if they were the ones that owned that budget, it was like, hey, like let's figure out how we can help you track that stuff. So that was an important power question that usually looped in more people. Uh, I think it's always important to ask, like, you know, have like when you bought software in the past, how did the process work? So I think that like, I think you can ask those questions, you know, if you earn the right to ask those questions on a call, because I think like that's helpful. Like you're trying to help the, like that person, like buy something. So I think it's important to ask us if maybe there's folks that you haven't thought about that you need to be looped into. Uh, I think having sample timelines on like your demo or on like, Hey, like, glad you like it. Let's assuming they like it. Like, here's what I typically see in a process of a company that's your size. I usually see like, we have to talk to this person, this person, and this person from there. It's usually here 
they're like, you're usually 30 days that are onboarding. So like walk them through a timeline. I think that that's really effective to get a deal done. I also think like you kind of stay to like a timeline around like for, if it helps with forecasting too. So like, that's what we did early days. We still do the timeline still like today because it helps. Yeah. And you're like, you're not like first call. You're like, Hey, by the way, I need to now talk to your CFO. (laughs) You work up to it, right? (laughs) You work up to it. I mean, like, I I also think that like with the individual user, like I, I think this is across the board and I, this is a controversial statement. I don't believe in hiding pricing on like your website or even yeah. like on a demo. Yeah. Like I think that like if someone like on a first demo, someone's like, what do you guys charge? Like I get building value, but if they've hopped on the call with you, like there's probably already value there. So share pricing if it's asked. Don't don't hide it until the last three minutes of a phone call. I don't think that works. I think like make that one person or even the team of people, make them like your advocates. They know exactly what the process is and for the price you're paying for it. Well, that works for you. Pitchfire, by the way, is free. You can make an account. You like that? You like that transition? What? Look at that. What? Yeah. Pitchfire is free. <laughs> you can make an account. And if you are one of the people that received Braden's yet another mail merge emails, you can send someone to yeah. Pitchfire and they can pay to uh, get a response from you. You can go on pitchfire.com right now and make an account. What do you want to plug for Sendoso? What are you guys cooking? Uh, we're like come check out Sendoso Express. It's free as well. I mean, you can sign up. You can you can you can send some stuff to those folks that you request for an intro on Pitchfire. Maybe drop in a little URL there. It's a that's a that's a, a e gift. I'll, I'll, I'll pair it up nicely like a fine wine and cheese. Even though I don't drink, I just eat a lot of cheese. Um, <laughs> you could actually pitch someone on Pitchfire. Get a get after the after you get a meeting with them, send them a gift with Sendoso. Right, I like. like that. Get, Look at that. Thank you. Wow. There's so much synergy there. I'm going to, I'm going to vomit. Um, awesome. Yeah. So everyone go check out Sendoso Express. You can use that. Uh, Braden, people can find you online. Uh, always. I'm really Braden Young on LinkedIn. I think so. You're the only one, right? That's pretty cool. Uh, it's, if you don't know how to spell it, it's B-R-A-Y-D-A-N, like Braden. That's like yeah. how I say it out loud before I write it. So I don't say they, it. Thanks, mom and dad, for the yeah. weird name. Yeah. Those guys, those guys. Uh, thank you. Everyone go follow them, check them out. Uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Thank you very much. Bye.